0: Welcome to the Secret Lair Drive-In with your hosts, D-Dub and Stratosphere. The Secret Lair Drive-In is dedicated to bringing you the finest in B-movie entertainment news and reviews.
1: And now, on with the show. I tell you, gentlemen, science has agreed that unless something is done and done quickly... Man as the dominant species of life on Earth will be extinct within a year. States, stay in your homes. I repeat, stay in your homes. Your personal safety, the safety of the entire city, depends upon your full cooperation with the military authorities. Yes, cities, nations, even civilization itself, threatened with annihilation, because in one moment of history-making violence, nature, mad, rampant, wrought its most awesome creation. For born in that swirling inferno of radioactive dust were things so horrible, so terrifying, so hideous. There is no word to describe them. We may be witnesses to a biblical prophecy come true, and there shall be destruction and darkness come up in creation, and the beasts shall reign over the earth. Yes, the earth, the skies above and the seas below infested by swarms of nightmare creatures cruel or deadlier than the armored giants of prehistoric eras here is a wild headlong flight into terror as the desert erupts with the grim battle for survival. here is a fear frenzied moment of suspense as mankind totters before a thing that multiplies faster than it can be killed here is a desperate plunge into the black depths of the earth where human courage challenges the brute force, the slashing jaws, the poison fangs that guard the subterranean nest where the beast spawns its terrible progeny. To all units, to all units, condition red. Drain 267 is the target area. Repeat, condition red. Drain 267 is the target area. we could use? No, we can't take a chance. It might poison the whole city.
0: And now, to movies, folks. (music) ¶¶ Welcome to the Secret Lair Drive-In. I am your host, your fearless leader, the one and only D-Dub. And across the table from me is my partner in crime, my faithful acolyte, the one and only Stratosphere.
2: Hello, children. (laughs) I always say hi, kids, so I thought I'd make a little little more sinister sounding.
0: (laughs) After an intro like that, how could you not? Yes. Okay, and... This week's movie is.
2: Them! Um,
0: exclamation point. With, uh, let's see, who was in this thing?
2: This thing had a little bit of a pedigree, let me tell you. You had uh, James Whitmore. Yeah. You had um, James Arness.
0: James Arness.
2: Matt Dillon. Matt Dillon. Also, The Thing from Another World.
0: That's right. He was, uh, he did quite a few of these B movies.
2: And, uh,. There's a little bit of a cameo appearance that we're going to save for a uh, little bit later in in the thing, and I I, th- I think you know what I'm talking about. I'm sure it'll
0: come back. Okay, <laughs> I'm sure it'll come back to me whenever. Fair enough. Well, as is customary at this point, the best place to start with these would be the, the plot. Okay.
2: Now, New Mexico State Police troopers Ben Peterson, played by James Whitmore, and Ed Blackburn, played by Chris Drake. They discover a little girl in shock wandering the desert near Alamogordo.
0: I was somewhere in New Mexico. Yeah. This is all, I mean, the whole scene starts Them They're just kind of driving through the desert, and there's this plane that's kind of spotting for them. Right. Which I'm not sure exactly what they're looking for or what they're doing. They just happen upon this. Uh, yeah, I was kind of wondering that, too, but I, I kind of got the impression, well, it's New Mexico.
2: They probably get a lot of people, like, wandering around with heat strokes, so it's it's probably like a random okay time to do time to do uh, this week's sweep is uh, New
0: Mexico next to Arizona yes well then they're probably looking for illegals oh we didn't have illegals back in the 50s don't you know <laughs> anyway okay i got to get non pc here for a minute <laughs> who picked the lettuce then <laughs> oh. who sold oranges by the side of the road <laughs> Who wants to bet whether or not I edit this last little bit out? <laughs> yes,
2: the letters, the like the
0: movie reviews, don't do themselves.
2: <laughs> Anywho, so uh, they find this little girl wandering around. They ba- and she's basically kind of wa- a walking catatonic.
0: Yeah, she doesn't say anything. They can't get they can't get the slightest bit of a rise out of her on for any reason.
2: So they retrace her steps to a mobile home owned by an FBI agent named Ellenson, who was on vacation in the area with his wife and kids.
0: That's right. Elmer Ellenson. They's going to the NASCAR race. I'm just kidding. He's Agent Double E. <laughs> I want to be a double-knot spy. And just for those of you keeping, keeping score and listening at home, I was just ripping that part. Okay. Anyway, they find this trailer, and
2: it's, Ripped open, and the rest of the family is missing and presumed dead.
0: Yeah, and it's ripped open from the inside. Or they keep mentioning it's ripped from the inside. Yeah, right. So... Which I have a
2: point about that later. Well, according to the official Wikipedia thing, it does say from the outside, but that sounds wrong to me. I do remember them saying, they really beat you over the head with that it was from the inside.
0: Yeah. So...
2: Now, and this is the creepiest part of the, one of the creepiest parts of the movie, they're uh, they're radioing back to the home base and all that, and the girl is lying down in the back of the little, am- you know, converted station wagon, that's, in, that's their version of an ambulance, and this weird wow. sound that is basically what the giant ants make, I guess? Yeah, it very hard to describe it's
0: kind of, i don't know
2: well anyway it's it's a really creepy scene because neither one of them is paying attention to the little girl and this this weird sound that they make basically cu- starts occurring and she sits up in the thing and has this look of absolute panic on her on her face and then the sound fades away and she just lays back down and no one sees her do this and i don't know why but it just it kind of i thought it was really chilling that that this thing freaked her out so much.
0: Yeah, and you definitely at that point you start wondering what's going
2: on, and that's what's uh, I'll tell you right now. That's one of the things that's uh, so key to why this movie is good is that it really starts out as a murder mystery. I mean, you you can tell from the the movie poster art and all that that it's it's about giant ants. But if
0: ah, oh, you spoiled the surprise. Well, I said
2: that I said giant ants two minutes ago. But did you, yes, I did you okay. you'll, you'll see when you're when you're editing anyway, um, but what's really funny is like if you if you showed this to somebody completely cold and they had not known anything about it, it starts out basically like a murder mystery,
0: right, like a who done it, and uh, well, that would be a murder mystery, duh, yeah, anyway, it no it's not a who done it, it's a what done it? I'll stop talking now, Well, you're the host. <laughs> I know, but you're the plot person. Oh, okay. We've got to come up with a Got, the got to get a name tag. <laughs> plot person. i got to start wearing name
2: tags at work now. Do you really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Boy Friday. Anyway, um, so, yeah, she kind of responds, but every, no one says it, uh, notices. So more mysterious deaths and disappearances occur in the area. A general store onor, owner named Gramps Johnson is found dead in, dead in his store, which was also, like the trailer, completely torn apart. Right. And uh, didn't they say the sugar
0: was broken open?
2: Yeah, the sugar was broken open, and there's they find some small ants wandering around, but that's it. No money taken from the register.
0: And old Gramps was a crack shot. He'd hit whatever he aimed at.
2: I love that line.
0: I really did. Yeah.
2: Gramps don't I... Gramps don't miss. <laughs>
0: I, can't help. I really liked this movie.
2: <laughs> th- there's a lot of good lines in it. Um, let's see here. Uh, so they go to check on the little girl and make a report uh, leaving Blackburn to guard Graham's store. Not long afterwards, he hears a strange noise outside, leaves to investigate, and off camera you hear him screaming, gunshots, and that's it for Blackburn.
0: Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, it's the same sound that roused the little girl earlier. Yes. They find a
2: single strange footprint, bigger than a mountain lion's, near the trailer. Uh, They make a plaster cast of it, send it to Washington. And first they think there's, you know, like a serial killer on the loose, but uh, Peterson's boss points out, as you said, that Gramps is, is a marksman, and he fired all of his ammunition at his attacker, so whatever whatever attacked him couldn't still be living after taking all, all that uh, lead. Or so you would think. And they also mentioned that uh, there's enough formic acid in his body to kill 20 men, which is kind of a very strange development.
0: Yes, and for the scientists out there, a little bit of Foreshadowing. Okay. So anyway, they get in FBI
2: agent Robert Graham, played by our hero, James r Matt Dillon.
0: He walks just like Matt Dillon. Do that again with your voice, Barney. I can sew my fingers together. <laughs> anyway.
2: God, I didn't think this was going to be this silly. Oh, yeah,
0: God. I figured when we recorded the Geeks episode, that's when we'd be getting stupid. We're just getting warmed up. Okay, so they ca-
2: he can't identify the footprint, and it attracts the attention of uh, Harold and Pat Medford, a father-daughter team of entomologists. Look it up, fanboys. Oh, what the hell, I'll, I'll spoil it for you. They're They're bug scientists. Not scientists that bug you, but scientists who study bugs. From the Department of Agriculture. And uh, Harold is played by Edmund Gwynn, uh, also known to people as Santa from uh, Miracle, on, the original Miracle on 34th Street.
0: Yes, it's my understanding that it was one of his last roles. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, he was out it, lo- there. It's funny because he looks nothing like from Miracle
2: on 34th Street. The beard is shaved. He's wearing, uh, his hair I think is a little bit
0: shorter, and he's wearing glasses. And um, you- And add to that, he just didn't quite seem to have the same vitality. Uh, he seemed a little tired,
2: definitely letting everybody else chew the scenery and kind of stepping back a little bit, but still a great
0: actor. Oh, absolutely. It took me until my second viewing, and now I may be wrong, I may, I may be remembering this incorrectly, but as I was watching this, my wife walks into the room and she's looking at him and says, he looks really familiar. Oh, okay. So I pulled up the, uh, the cast list. And took a look and saw, oh, that's Santa Claus. And then, you know, as, as soon as I read that, I'm like, that's where I've seen him before.
2: Yeah, but I, if you listen to his voice, he has a has a extremely distinctive, uh, very eloquent speaking voice, which, as you know, I'm I'm big on that. I, I hear somebody talking, and I'm like, I know I've heard that voice. I, they may be wearing a ton of makeup, but I, I can almost always uh, distinguish different voices. So, he has the... Professor Harold has a theory that he is interested in presenting, but he waits to try an experiment with the Ellenson girl, and he exposes the girl to formic acid, which I don't know what that smells like, but apparently it's nasty.
0: Well, I guess so. Better than smelling, salts.
2: Yeah, it doesn't turn you into zombie. Oh, no, wait a minute, that's bat salts. But
0: uh,
2: he, she smells the formic acid and, like, totally wigs out and starts screaming, them, them. So... He's, uh, his theory is validated when he sees the footprint measuring 18 centimeters across.
0: In a in a sandstorm.
2: Yeah. I, I'm amazed those prints lasted as long as they did. And uh, and if I'm not mistaken, this is right around the first time that we get an actual look at them. Yeah, we, and it's really almost a third of the way into the movie before we actually... It's, it's a good 20, 30 minutes since the movie before we actually see them, which... Um, that's another thing I kind of, it struck me is that, and I'll follow up on this a little more later, but it's, it's definitely a less is more thing because the, the ants actually become scarier the less you see of them, if that makes any sense.
0: Right. I remember the, I remember the analogy you had made to me, but I'll, I'll,
2: yeah, we'll we'll get to that in a second. Um, so they go out in the desert, they've all got their little goggles on trying to, uh, You know, find out more... Trying to sift clues, because that's what the local authorities do. They sift clues. Well, what else can you do with sand? Well, that's true. Anyway, so they find an eight-foot-long specimen of foraging ant. Now, they start firing their uh, revolvers at the monster to little effect. You know, Professor Harold tells them, fire for the antenna, which turns out to be a pretty good idea, because... Basically blinds it, and then then they they get close enough to get there with the machine gun and really whack the damn thing.
0: Okay, this is this is the point in our show where I have to stop this and just insert a little bit of logic in here, or at least my twisted logic, head full of bees and all. Right,
2: bees, ants, you're there. Uh, yeah,
0: the head's always buzzing. Why would? Local police, even if they are in the desert, have a machine gun
2: for the illegal aliens, dude. <laughs> why, did why, I... why did you kill him Why did you kill him with sixty eight bullets' Cause we ran out <laughs> well, <laughs> sorry, okay. sorry Matt, if you're listening, <laughs> Matt Sabins.
0: oh okay, okay, well, here's something wasn't Roswell in New Mexico? yes, okay. I'm just I'm just double-checking wrong kind of aliens,
2: but you, again, you're there. Well, oh, okay, go ahead. So they f- they figure out that this ant was mutated by radiation from the first atomic bomb tests conducted near Alamogordo. And I gotta say, that's a nice little freak out uh, moment too. is they they after they blind it by uh, getting the antenna, they pretty much emptied the machine gun into it, and it, it just kind of. It just kind of falls and stops moving, kind of like, Ur! and then, like they take about three or four steps before, it, and the head moves again, and you can see everybody, uh, like just stopping their tracks, like, what? I'm out of ammo. <laughs> Yo, Look.
0: go get me a bear and my shotgun. Yeah, get get the get the
2: backup bandolero from the pickup. <laughs> you know, the one we use for
0: Sundays. Oh, this is bad. Anyway. And it started out with such promise.
2: <laughs> yeah, it, the sad part is we really liked the movie. I, said, I don't know why the hell we're picking the up thing apart. Anyway. Because that's what we do here. <laughs> oh, that's here right. the drive-in. See, I left my name tag at home. So, a U.S. Air Force General. <laughs> <laughs> a U.S. Air
0: Force General. Yes.
2: O'Brien. Okay. Brings in a squadron to locate
0: the ant's nest and... nickname Potatoes. What's that? It's a dish. Potatoes of Brian. Never mind. Oh, my. Yeah, it w- wasn't worth the buildup. Uh, okay. What buildup? There,
2: there was none. Oh, okay. Well, then you get what you pay for. Anyway, and exterminating the inhabitants of the nest with poison gas. Now, he finds evidence that two. Or no, excuse me, the daughter finds evidence that two queens have hatched but are absent. They have flown away to establish new colonies. Trying to avoid a general panic, the government covertly investigates reports of unusual activity or sightings of, quote-unquote, flying saucers. Now, one report leads them to a rail yard where a crushed box car is missing its cargo of 40 tons of sugar. Another report takes them to a Brownville, Texas, hospital and a pilot who claims that his small plane was forced down by UFOs okay. resembling
0: giant ants. Hold uh, on a minute here. Okay. Next, next kind of logic leap that I don't quite get here. Now you have the Air Force involved. I'm sure the Army's involved at some point. Right. But who are the two guys doing most of the grunt work? You got the FBI agent and a little bohunk hunk cop played by James Whitmore. Right. They're do I mean, they're going literally all over the country looking for these ants. Don't you think there be somebody a little more qualified? Well, I mean, I, I know star power and all, but
1: well.
2: But no, I'll I'll buy that. The fact that, okay, I mean it's got to be a hard sell trying to tell people. Yeah, t- yeah I mean you could just imagine the other end of the phone conversation. They're they're giant what?
0: Okay, <laughs> okay, are are okay? You need you need to put the peyote down. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and I'm sure, I'm sure they just wanted to kind kind of keep a little bit of a lid on it. Okay, okay, I. Take back my buzzer. All right, but I'm gonna hold it. I'm gonna hold it until we get to the, whatever. Okay.
2: So now, as I said, they're trying to uh, kind of keep the public on the down low about the giant ants because they don't want to cause a panic. Now they find an alcoholic in a quote-unquote drunk tank reveals that he saw giant ants flying around outside his window.
0: Oh yeah, that's right.
2: And they also receive a a report of a man and his two young sons who have disappeared while flying a model airplane near the Los Angeles River.
0: Also known as the uh, It's basically like the storm drains.
2: Yeah, it's it's where they have the big uh, race at the end of Greece. Was it Los Angeles?
0: Well of course that's, that's where they filmed
2: I, it. I don't know where Greece actually took place, but that's where it was filmed, I'm pretty I'm like reasonably certain. The race for, for pinks, man. <laughs> anyway. So They find the man's mutilated body in the plane, but the two boys are still missing. So now they're trying to find the boys.
0: Yeah, and um, Officer Ben is really, he's in the forefront. He's like, I want to save these kids. Right. So they
2: find the two boys deep in the storm drain, because they've they've got like this whole posse out there trying to, I mean, they've got a map of the drains, and they're like, you go here, you go
0: here, you go here. Right, they have jeeps running all the way through that thing.
2: Yeah, and uh, I, I gotta say, they nice attention to detail. I mean, they they really they really sell the idea that it's a very organized search. Okay, you're gonna you know you're gonna go here, you're gonna go here. It's not just okay spread out. So I I like the producer's attention to detail. Yeah, I mean,
0: it, that, it it definitely wasn't a okay gang. I'll take Velma and Daphne and Shaggy and Scoob. You just go that way.
2: Yeah. So they find the boys, but they're trapped near the ant's nest. Now they call for reinforcements, but Peterson goes in alone to rescue the boys. Now he gets the boys to safety, but before he can escape, he is mortally wounded by an ant. It basically grabs it in its little pincers or whatever the heck. Yeah, called.
0: and I, I have to admit that real that one really came out of left field for me. I mean i I did not see that coming. Okay, well that. Plays into a
2: point that I keep putting off. Well, okay, okay I'll, I'll get to it now. Okay. Um, I had the revelation. Now I haven't I haven't seen this movie in years, but it very much struck me that there's a lot of parallels with the movie Jaws. Now you've got basically a huge menace
0: that is uh, threatening a community. A huge mechanic. A huge menace that was actually done mechanically that they had a lot of problems with.
2: Right, right. <laughs> Hi, Bruce. <laughs> but uh, you know they're they're trying to keep it on the down low so as to not start a panic. They've got an expert from out of town. Um. Oh, and they had said. Uh, oh, and the, one of the guys that's there to save the day actually winds up getting killed. If you remember, if you remember uh, chief uh, or
0: not chief it was uh, quint
2: yeah quint excuse me that is the one that that gets killed in jaws and like i said i just oh and the other the other thing that's what what made me think of it in the first place is that again the the real secret to the 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 reason the movie jaws the first one works is that you see so little of the sharks so that when you do it really counts for something. I love I love that first scene in the desert when they first see the ant because they've got this basic huge sandstorm brewing. So even when it's on camera, it's really hard to see. So it kind of adds to the scary... I actually think it's less scary toward the end when you when you can see them. Well, actually, they're kind of hard to see then too because you got the flames from the flamethrowers. Yeah. Yeah. So. It, it's actually when they're really done in close-up that they look kind of ridiculous. But when you see them just kind of in in the distance in the sewer, it's like, that looks really freaking scary. I,
0: I, given that it's, yeah. what, a 1954 movie? Well, when they go down into the ant's nest uh, earlier in the movie, and they have uh, all that poison gas that's kind of lingering, and they're going through all yeah. the dead ant bodies.
2: Oh, yeah, that... Yeah,
0: I hadn't even considered that, but that's actually a pretty good point, too. Now, supposedly at some point, just to kind of get off off uh, the plot for a moment, at some point during this movie, and I was looking out for it and couldn't see it, when there is one of the swarms of ants, and I don't remember what point in the movie is supposed to be, mm-hmm. they have the one of the ants, you can actually see the mechanical inside of how they're moving the ants really? on screen, and I forget what point it was supposed to be and I keep meaning to go look for it and then I get distracted and
2: well dang I'm gonna have to go back and look at that I had never I had never noticed that myself but that's interesting so like I said he the Peterson is mortally wounded by the ant basically crushed his midsection I'm guessing internal bleeding now Graham arrives with reinforcements they fight off the swarming ants uh, a cave in temporarily cuts him off from the rest of the men. Several ants charge him, but he's able to hold them off long enough for the other troops to tunnel through the debris and come to his rescue. And the Queen and Egg Chamber are then destroyed with flamethrowers. Because everything's better with flamethrowers.
0: Oh, it's cool.
2: And uh then Professor Harold basically uh gives a kind of a dire slash vague warning about how uh the atomic energy has unleashed this menace. Who knows what may be yeah. In
0: America's future. Yeah, your blah, typical blah, blah. your typical fifties movie uh Yeah, you get, you one. gotta you gotta you gotta it's, big like, it's kinda like look through the skies at the end of the thing from another world. Yeah, e-
2: exactly. Like
0: and uh the 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 cameo
2: I was mentioning earlier was uh Leonard Nimoy. R- Oh, he played one of the uh, army officers, didn't he? When when they're at the communications center, he there's a telegram that comes in. He's the guy that rips the telegram off of the off of the little machine and hands it to the secretary. Well, dang,
0: yeah, that little thing by itself is he, probably he, enough to get him that
2: role. Yeah, well, and and he's he's got a southern accent in it too. So if you want to ca- want to catch uh, Nimoy with a southern accent, and he's got a buzz cut too, Total, totally worth seeing. Damn.
0: I'm going to Oh. Yee-haw! Well, well spoken sir. Well spoken. That probably won't even make it onto the thing cuz it's probably not loud enough. Oh, okay. Until I fi- until I figure out how to put my sound effects board into the board. Okay. Okay. Um I got to tell you I I did enjoy this movie quite a bit. It's I it may not be something I'm going to go back and watch again and again. Right. Uh of course, you know, Something like King Kong Escapes, I've gone and watched that. I get bored, I pull that one out. So. Hmm.
2: Well, I think, I mean, you have to mitigate it a little bit with the fact that, like I said, I believe it's uh, 1954 or something like Sounds that. Sounds about right. It came and, out right around the time of the original Godzilla. Okay. And it's, I mean, you have to kind of allow for that. But even allowing for that, there, it's really well done. It's, I mean, there were so many, I mean, there was actually a number of, uh, Different giant bug movies. You had beginning right. in the end with the giant grasshoppers, the deadly mantis. I think was one. And don't forget Leo G. Carroll in Tarantula. Tarantula and Earth versus the spider. Hey, hmm. idea for a show:
0: Tarantula versus Earth versus versus the spider, versus a giant spider invasion, versus kingdom of the spiders. Spider show, spider show. <laughs> Why we're doing it, we don't know. Hey. <laughs> Anyway. Okay, I'm
2: back. All right. So, um, but yeah, it's uh, it's pretty effective for the way they do it. I mean, like I said, I think it's kind of neat that it, it really starts off as more of a, as you say, a whodunit murder mystery. And then you find out that the giant ants, but again, even when you see them for the first time, you've got that big ass sandstorm there. And the fact that you can't see them so well adds to the overall creepiness slash terror of the whole well, thing. well
0: you know you were mentioning earlier that it shared some uh a lot with jaws right in a way it it's it shared a little bit with Rodan as well, okay because in a way it was kind of like a couple of different movies because in the beginning you had the whole thing they're investigating everything right, and then you had the ants locally and right. then it's like go they they're traveling the country to try to uh, get rid of all these ants everywhere else, so... Yeah. So it was almost like, okay, well, three acts of the movie, then.
2: Okay, but uh, overall, a good effort. Um, again, you got to kind of mitigate the fact that it came out in the 50s, but even not mitigating that, still really really just a nice effort put into this one. I mean, we've... we've just to show you, you know, the other end of the scale, you know, we did The Wasp Woman at one point, and, you know, that's obviously a Roger Corman special, low budget all the way. This looks like it ha- you know, it has a pedigree. It had some really, really good actors in it, which that helped. You know, I'm sorry, that's that's going to help your movie oh, right there. That, yeah, I would say. Whitmore, arnes and s and Edmund Gwynn, who, who played Professor Harold, all have huge, huge careers. And, you know, they obviously brought... Their a game to this.
0: Oh yeah. I mean that's going to sell. I it. mean Whit- Whitmore by himself. I mean you could tell he was definitely not phoning it in.
2: I don't. I I challenge you to find anybody in this movie that was phoning it in. Well, I mean, it was he, Nimoy.
0: <laughs> he was using his communicator. Oh, there you go. He's communicating. It in. Well, actually, he was he was telegramming it in. <laughs> Dang, never just hit my headphones on my uh, microphone here. I hate when that happens.
2: So, I would give this. Uh, what would you think as far as a uh, rating? I, w- I would have to lean towards uh, towards the tippy top right there.
0: Well, I can't quite give it craptacular. Okay. Uh, mainly because it doesn't have what I feel is the rewatchability. Um, I mean, I can go back and watch it like when i watch it the second and third time, to look for a little subtle nuances or maybe a little foreshadowing well,
2: you, you, but, you know you got to watch it to,
0: to catch the Nimoy uh, cameo I, now yeah now i'm going now i'm going to have to <laughs> i well, mean what? i would go uh craptastic
2: okay i i'm fully behind that craptastic yeah. Uh another thing that i forgot to mention which i um i actually read up on this movie is weird because, again, 1950s, it's black and white, with one exception. Ah, uh, yes. The opening title is in red and blue, on a black and white background. It, it, and I found out the reason for that is that this was originally intended to be a 3D movie.
0: I seem to recall reading that, yeah. Yeah, so I, that was... I, I, I kind of think 3D would be a little much, but... Well,
2: again, I think the less is more... Um guideline yeah. is sort of what makes the movie work for the most part. And if it was in 3D, I think you'd you'd be seeing too much of everything
0: and you'd be like, oh, right.
2: gee, the fake antenna are reaching out to touch me. Oh,
0: scary. Well, I'm sure at the time they might have thought it was. Oh, <laughs> scary. was that Count Floyd? Count Floyd. <laughs> <Okay>. Very good. <laughs> okay. So anyway... <laughs> And we haven't even done the Looney Tunes episode yet, folks. Oh my god! Okay, so our film for, <laughs> ne- our film for next time actually doesn't exist because we're not doing <laughs> a film next time. What we're doing, what we're doing, in honor of the fir- first anniversary of this podcast, your host is broken, folks.
2: <laughs> I'll try to carry on for you in his stead. We are doing the first <laughs> annual Secret Lair Drive In Awards, also known as the
0: Larry's. Where we honor the films that we've reviewed over the last year and we will induct the first the first members of the Secret Lair Drive <laughs> Secret Lair Drive In Hall of Fame, as well as our first inductee into the Hall of Shame. And we'll make up a bunch of categories, too. (laughs) The Golden Flush Award. (laughs) Journey to the bottom of the barrel. Okay. Well, after our (laughs) anniversary... Dang it, I can't even do this. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. I've been trying to do this for like four (laughs) minutes. It's the magic of editing. Okay. After... After the first annual Larry's, we are going, our our topic's going to be uh, our film is our going film
2: be. is going to be. It goes by two names. Uh, the original Japanese was called Matango, and here in the states, it was uh, aired in various markets as Attack of the Mushroom People.
0: And I got to tell you, folks, I'm really looking forward to that one. So, if they'd like to weigh in, maybe nominate somebody for a Larry. How could they do that? Um. They
2: can check us out at SecretLayerDriveIn at
0: gmail dot com. That's right, at our web presence or all of our web presence. Is there a presences? Presence I. Anyway,
2: uh, SecretLayerDriveIn.blogspot.com. dot uh,
0: blogspot dot com. podcast. Uh, seg-
2: I'm sorry, SecretLayerPodcast.blogspot.com.
0: dot blogspot dot that's right. And we're also available on Podbean at secretlayerdrivein.podbean.com. And we're also available on iTunes.
2: Yes, finally.
0: Yep. And so, until next time, this is D-Dub.
2: And Stratosphere.
0: Saying, go watch a B-movie. And why?
2: Because these movies won't watch themselves. Later, folks. Bye. <laughs>